Hi, and welcome to In Search of Insight, Nootropics Depot's monthly podcast. I'm your host, Erica, or Nootropics Depot guru on Reddit, and standing across from me is our product specialist, Emil. Hey, everyone, and I'm called Pretty Chill on Reddit. So this month, we are getting into a very exciting topic, which is stacking and stack development with Natrium Health. Yeah, and Natrium Health, for those of you who are unaware of that brand, uh, it's our sister brand of Nootropics Depot. So if you've been on Nootropics Depot and you've seen some of these products on our site, it's not a different company. Well, it is a different company, but it is us. These products are made by us, they're tested by us, and we develop them. And the development process is what we'll be talking about today. Before we get into that complex process of talking about stacks and stack development, I want to know a little more about the history of Natrium Health and where the sister company actually came from and why it was started. Natrium Health started as our outlet for natural products and, and mostly natural products in stack formulations, which is what we'll be talking about during this podcast. The important aspect of this was Nootropics Depot and Serotropic, the company that we still had around at the time, we were just doing single ingredient things in bulk so that you could just experience a single ingredient and you can make your own stacks. And it was more geared towards people who really knew what they were doing and very advanced users of supplements and users that could very easily put together effective stacks. But stack development is very complex. And we got more and more requests if Nootropics Depot could do their own stacks. And we realized at the time at least Nootropics Depot wasn't necessarily the right platform for this, and that's why we developed Natrium. So we could have more creativity with the products that we do, different branding. So you'll see with Natrium Health, our labels are a little bit flashier, and we had a lot of fun with that, and the stack development product is is more interesting and dynamic. So the whole purpose of it was to have a refreshing, young, and fun brand with products that are easy to use and easy to understand. And that makes a lot of sense because some of my favorite stack products that Natrium Health puts out are just standbys that I take every single day in my daily stack. But I don't want to get too far into that right now because there's a big question and it's something that you all ask us a lot um, on Reddit and in emails, which is what is a stack and how do I create an effective stack and what all goes into putting together a stack that works for me? So I would say a stack is at least two ingredients, if not more, combined, taken at the same time with the intention to have synergistic effects. A very good, simple example of this is caffeine L-theanine, where caffeine is the focal point and we want to change something about caffeine. Specifically, we want to change the edginess, the stimulation of caffeine, the jitteriness. When we add L-theanine, we shave off that jitteriness, that edge, and now we have a synergistic stack. Okay, that makes sense. So stacking is is a way for us to combine ingredients, not just because they both have benefits, but also for those ingredients to be interacting within our bodies as they're being metabolized and absorbed, right? Yes. And there's two different types of stacks in that sense. One where the focal point is one ingredient and we're trying to enhance it. Another where we are trying to just achieve a single effect. So if you look on Natrium, we actually have two different categories of stacks. We have essential stacks, which basically are stacks that are developed around one focal ingredient trying to make it better. So for example, OptumALA is enhancing and optimizing alpha-lipoic acid. Panamax 
is optimizing Panax Ginseng and uh, Dynamax, which we'll talk about a little bit more in depth later, it's kind of broaching that gap between the essential stacks and the comprehensive stacks because there's a lot going on. But really, at its essence, the Dynamax stack's focal point is caffeine, and we just took it to the extreme. Because I don't have a strictly scientific background, um, in fact, science was not one of my favorite classes in, uh, in high school. I didn't take science when I was in college. I'm really curious to know, Emil, what were some of your challenges and some of the obstacles that you experienced when you first started formulating stacks for Natrium Health? My biggest issue was that I am a scientist uh, and a little bit too hard line of a scientist when I started. So I would read... 50, 100 studies a day. And and I still read a lot of studies a day, not as much as back then. But I would just pour through the research all day and I would pull out all of these interesting ingredients and conceptually on paper think these two ingredients will go great together. And I had a bit of a reality check when I made sleep support. Uh, The first formulation of it, I was making the beta testing capsules myself. So in a very controlled environment, I was measuring out all the powders and blending it together in the V blender and creating basically small batch runs of uh, capsules. So I was very excited. This was one of the first ones we'd really done a comprehensive stack. The capsule came together perfectly. I distributed all of them, we went home, we took it, and we had the worst sleep of our night. And this is the beta testing group, right? And this is the beta testing group. So it's just people around the office and uh, willing friends and family who say, hey, what's that funny looking capsule? Yeah, okay, here, take it and tell us what you think. But okay, so it's then what very happened? internal. So after that, everyone had a terrible night of sleep. Like we all fell asleep perfectly fine. Two hours later, we all woke up in a puddle of sweat. Turns out I was a little bit blinded by the science because I was reading papers in very controlled environments. So a lot of these papers on sleep studies, they're not doing them necessarily on humans. They're doing them on laboratory animals, mostly rats and mice, who are fed the exact same diet at the same time every single day. They have controlled amounts of light and dark periods. So nothing similar to what a human being might experience on a daily basis. No, not even close. Sometimes I wish I was a rat and I had such a um, predictable schedule. But the reality is humans don't really have predictable schedules. All sorts of stuff happens all the time. You can't get to sleep because uh, there's a cat outside meowing too loud. Or there's... mm, Changes in your diet, perhaps. Changes in your diet, changes in your emotional well-being. Maybe you broke up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you're so emotionally distraught you can't sleep anymore. Okay, so how does this have anything to do with sleep support, though? Well, to bring it back, with animals, they live in such a controlled environment that you can just give them something and it will pretty much work and you observe them and they have a perfect night of sleep and maybe it's a little bit better and there's certain aspects of it that get measured and those things end up in studies and If you just read those studies and never try those ingredients out on yourself, then you'll only know what it does in an animal model. And we really appreciate animal studies. In fact, most of what we know about supplements and isolated compounds and neurotransmitters and things like that are because of animal studies. But we want real-world results. So if we just pour through the research, 
slap a bunch of ingredients together that, according to separate research studies, should go well together, then the end result could be something like the disastrous first version of sleep support. It actually took seven versions before we got it right. That was going to be my next question, but I really didn't know that it was that intense and long of a process. Very long. And then when we did arrive at our seventh version and we put it out into the world, it was very well received until a few months later, a couple of people popped up that were saying they were having adverse effects to sleep support and it was keeping them up and we isolated it to the micro zinc, so the zinc content. So early versions of sleep support contain zinc and now they don't contain zinc anymore because more and more people started popping up with this problem. But if you look at all the research that's out there, zinc should help with sleep and there is no known pathway by which it should impede sleep. Which brings up a really interesting question. Why is this happening? And I think I found out why it's happening, but that's not really a, a topic for conversation in this podcast. Maybe we can talk about it on Reddit at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So once you got to that final version of sleep support, but then you were still getting feedback um, that it wasn't having the effect that you were hoping for, um, what happened then? So you removed the zinc, and then how has the feedback been since then? Perfect. Yeah, all the problems that people were having with it disappeared after we took the zinc out, and it didn't really seem to make it a less effective product for people that did respond well to the zinc, so it was a pretty good trade-off to take it out. But it was unexpected, and I think this is one of the things that sets Natrium apart. We look at the science, we formulate based on the science, we try it out, but then we're not so rigid that we don't deviate from this at all. We want real-world results, and this is why I've oftentimes said stack development is sometimes more of an art than a science, because you need to know what these ingredients do when you put them together. And the only way to know that is by having experience with it, building up the skills, and then relying on those skills to bring it all together into a stack, and then validate that stack again with science. So the science is always there, but you need to know how to be skeptical of the science, how to manipulate the science to your liking. Similar to cooking, if you if you cook from a recipe book, maybe the salt you're using has a slightly lower sodium concentration than the salt that the author was using, and maybe that's going to change the salinity in your end result, and then it's not good. But if you're tasting your food as you're cooking, you can compensate for that. And, and this that's is where kind the of, art comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And this is kind of this tasting aspect or this idea of continuing to refine a stack is something that I am aware that Natrium Health and, and the Natrium products go through a lot. Um, you take a lot of time to reformulate products and, and take out or add ingredients that might optimize uh, the stack itself to a point where it can be more effective for people. And then, like in the example from Sleep Support, we're also taking... Uh, the feedback from you, people who are taking these supplements, into account and considering what kinds of additions or subtractions might make the stack useful for even more people. And that that exchange that we have um, and your your reviews and your interactions and you sharing your experience, whether it's on Reddit or, you know, a, a product review or in an email, that really has a significant impact on the way that our stacks are formulated because we also rely on your experience, too. Um, just as consumers and people who are who are educated and curious about, you know, finding the best ways to optimize your daily stacks. 
Yeah, it's important to realize that a lot of the people behind Natrium Health and Nootropics Depot and Serotropic at the time, we all use these products ourselves. We are all biohackers too, and we want safe and effective products. So this is a very good position for us to be in because we get to develop products for you and we get to develop products for ourselves kind of in while we're doing that. But that also means that our stacks have real-world results with real human beings in mind, not lab animals in a, in a study or just some random people who came into a clinical trial and, and tried, like, caffeine and L-theanine together and then had to go through some terribly boring, arduous task where you're sitting around memorizing words and doing it playing with blocks or filling out a survey (laughs) yeah i have a degree in psychology so i've run a lot of these studies myself and running the studies i didn't like it interpreting the studies i didn't like it and talking to a lot of the people in those studies they didn't really like it either and i think if you're trying to develop a product that's supposed to be taken just in normal everyday life in such a setting you get very boring, homogenous products. And if you look around at all of the stacks that are out there, they're all pretty similar. And when you compare those stacks to our stacks, our stacks can seem a little bit weird sometimes. Like, why did they decide to do that? For example, something in sleep support that a lot of people always are confused about is the fact that we put shilajit in it. And we put shilajit in it because shilajit seems to have glycine mimetic effects and through this can enhance sleep. But wrongfully so, for whatever reason, a lot of people think shilajit is a very strong stimulant. So they're always confused why we put it in there. But because we actually had years of trying out shilajit ourselves, we noticed that, hey, if I take shilajit close to bed, I sleep a little bit better. So based on that personal experience, And then validating that with science, we decided it was a good ingredient to use in sleep support. Actually, sleep support was pretty polarizing because another ingredient in there that is for some reason wrongly assumed to be a stimulant is uridine. And I I even went along with it for a while until I started seeing some reviews on our website pop up that people were having great success with it for sleep. And then when I was digging into the studies, I found that, yeah, there is actual evidence for uridine-enhancing sleep. But relying on that humanizing aspect of all of this makes it so that we have very effective stacks. And as opposed to your kind of dry and controlled experience of putting together experiments and, you know, testing uh, whether it's different different compounds or different ideas in your in your college days, the process of bioassaying and the process of researching for natrium stacks is pretty fascinating and exciting because, like you said, with, you know, stack development being a little bit more of an art than a science, um, there's always some creativity included in art or in things that you're creating. And I think that's something that I really enjoy about Natrium Health Stacks is they're they're creative and they're innovative, but above all, they're super effective. And having that element of creativity and flexibility to really trust in your own experience of, of a single ingredient or your own experience of a stack is such an important part of the development as a whole, because we really rely on the feedback from customers and our own personal experiences when it comes to putting together um, an effective stack, whether that's a stack in one product in one capsule or combining different 
single ingredients, you know, in our daily lives to make stacks for ourselves. Absolutely. And one thing that this highlights is we, we just, we don't like to play it safe. We come out with polarizing products that have real world effects. We don't design products just because they will sell. We could very easily do that. I mean, if we came out with a spirulina and chlorella capsule with maybe some collagen in it, we would sell a lot of it, but it doesn't work. Chlorella basically doesn't do anything. Spirulina is very interesting. We'll probably do something with that in the future. But there are a lot of stacks out there that just combine ingredients for the main fact that they might have good search engine uh, optimization results or they might just be searched for a lot or if you just slap those ingredients together, yeah, you'll sell it. But People it... recognize them so they seem kind of familiar and stuff. Exactly, and and that's not what we want, and especially not with natrium. We want novel, innovative stacks that work, and that kind of push the boundaries, and that maybe makes some people a little bit uncomfortable. Like, if you're looking at sleep support, you might look at the formula and go, ah, there's no way this is going to work. It has uridine as stimulant, and it has shilajit as stimulant. But having stacks there that kind of push the boundaries and have real-world results is what we like and this is probably due also to the personalities of a lot of us we like to live on the edge a little bit we like to really push the boundaries we like to push each other's buttons we're always you know uh, challenging each other and challenging each other to be better and to further push the boundaries and to discover things that no one's talking about and to try out combinations that no one's talking about and to find effects that no one's talking about. That's our bread and butter. Absolutely. And that's why these stacks work. And one of those one of those products that I know for a fact is the result of that push is one of the most recently released Natrium Health products, which is Dynamax Plus, because there is a there's an original Dynamax um, which is super effective. It's our optimized caffeine supplement. But then we recently just released Dynamax Plus, which is our optimized caffeine supplement to the max turned up to 11. That was one of our uh, one of our hints that we gave you uh, when we were asking what you thought the next Natrium release would be. And it really is because the Dynamax Plus is, is intense and we're really tiptoeing the line of what's possible with caffeine, really pushing the limits here a little bit, but still trying to make sure that we have a safe and balanced product. And part of this is also there are a lot of extremely high caffeine products out there. I've seen pre-workouts that have close to 800 milligrams of caffeine in it per serving, which is just insanity. And we've seen uh, a lot of energy drinks like Bang Energy and Rain Energy, and I'm sure there's others on the market now that have at least 300 milligrams, maybe even more at this point of caffeine in there. So sometimes we see trends like this happening and we realize that it's undeniable. People want high caffeine products. And a lot of people started requesting that we came out with a higher energy Dynamax formulation because they really liked the overall character of effects, but they wanted a little bit more. So we have in the past suggested people just drink a cup of coffee and then take Dynamax Plus, but that's kind of inconvenient. And at the end of the day, you want an all-in-one product, especially... I imagine people that consume high amounts of caffeine probably have the need for a lot of energy 
in their day because maybe they do so much that they're short on time and they just want to open a bottle and take a pill and, and be great for eight hours. And that's exactly what Dynamax Plus is. But because it is such a high caffeine stack and especially for myself, I'm a pretty low caffeine user. So developing Dynamax Plus was kind of an adventure because I was taking super high doses of caffeine and that's really intense. But if I had shied away from that and went, no, I'm not a high caffeine user, I can't beta test this stack, then it wouldn't have worked because we need my input and we need uh, Mr. Ewer Saddam, our, the owner of the company. Uh, that's his name on Reddit, by the way, for every, anyone who sees him popping up. Um, we both work together and we talk a lot about the effects we experience. And one thing with Dynamax Plus is that the character of Dynamax is very important. Dynamax, the original formulation, has a very specific effect. And to dial that up a little bit more proved to be quite hard, which is why beta testing was important. But it was also important that I wouldn't shy away from high caffeine experimentation just because I was apprehensive about it and maybe it wouldn't work well for me. I kind of sometimes have to just push through that to make good products. And I think that's what sets us apart. We really put ourselves on the line with testing and we take up valuable time in our day-to-day -day lives to track these and make notes with sleep support it was it, it's an interesting beta testing phase because you need eight hours to beta test it at night outside of work you go, don't get to do it in a controlled environment so there are some sacrifices that need to be made like exposing myself to slightly higher doses of caffeine than i'm comfortable with but doing it that way means that we have a very broad understanding of how these products work in people with low caffeine sensitivity, high caffeine sensitivity, people that don't sleep well, people that sleep well, having a, a pool to, to pull from and make it work as well as possible for everyone else, which at the end of the day, Dynamax Plus actually works quite well for me. It is very nicely balanced. And even though I'm a one small cup of coffee a day drinker, subjecting myself to 400 milligrams of caffeine-ish, I was surprised that within the context of Dynamax it worked well because I've tried other high caffeine products that weren't very beneficial for me. So being able to take those aspects and make it work for everyone is a big thing that we try and do here. Absolutely. And like you're saying, the formulation process, going through uh, the experience of taking these you know, maybe higher doses of caffeine, um, these early iterations of stacks is something that we do ahead of time. Um, and it's sort of the, it's sort of one side of the coin. So we push ourselves to, um, to test and to bioassay these products before we release them, because we want to know exactly how they feel, what their effects are, um, things that we might want to change or things that might need to be adjusted within the formulation ahead of time. But then uh, for you all, for you who are taking supplements and working on putting together effective stacks for yourself, we advise you to take one, one ingredient at a time. Yeah, and this is extremely important. And it's something over almost a decade worth of experience that I've been able to build up for myself is a very good functioning catalog of ingredients in my mind that I know how they work for me. 
And because of that, I can make stacks. And when you take one ingredient at a time, you can have a better experience and probably better results in determining what exactly that ingredient is doing within your body, how it feels, its overall effects, whether it has an acute effect or not. And then once you have that experience and and that knowledge, once you start combining the supplements, you can better determine what might be working well, um, effects that you like that you're getting from these combinations, and then also effects that you're not so into, and which product and which ingredient might actually be the culprit for those less than desirable effects. And this this system of you know isolating and taking things one by one and then slowly combining them is something that we've also discussed a little bit in a previous podcast about mindfulness and bioassaying and just being aware of what supplements are doing within your body and how you can determine their effects for yourself, um, especially if you're not someone who is reading scientific studies all the time, or if you're a person who's really attracted to, you know, the stacks that you can easily take that are convenient for your everyday life. Yeah. And the difficult thing here is it, like Erica was saying, sometimes things have acute effects. And when something has an acute effect, it's, and especially if it has a pronounced acute effect, it's easy to know what it's doing. When it gets tricky is those subtle ingredients, those subtle little changes. And it's for any musician here or audio engineer or mixing engineer within music, it's similar like that too. But when you have a lot of experience, you start noticing really small micro details and things like that. And that adds a lot to the experience. Similarly in your stack, there's a lot of micro details and very, very small things that change here and there that within the context of a stack can get amplified. Similar to maybe if there's some distortion in a in a recorded track and then you you reamp it, then maybe you're reamplifying that distortion and it gets louder in the mix and you don't want that. Similar here, maybe if there's something in your stack that only causes a very minor alteration in effects that you don't like, within the context of multiple ingredients that could get amplified and take over. And that's not something that you'd want because of course you want the combination of ingredients and products you're taking to work together as best as possible because at the end of the day it's about improving your life, you know, improving your cognition and 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 bettering yourself um, and coming from this biohacking uh, perspective. So in addition to this really interesting kind of personal experience of taking stacks and formulating your own stack, um, I had a, a recent experience with a newly released natrium health product, um, Omega Tau, which when I took it, the the effect and the feeling of it overall, I wouldn't say is an acute effect, even though it was very noticeable. Um, but the way that Omega Tau kind of changed the overall feeling of my daily stack was really profound, and yet it was hard to put a finger on exactly what it was changing and what it was doing. Um, but that has meant that adding it to my daily stack feels like a really nice combination, combination and a really nice addition because it's not changing anything else I'm taking in a dramatic way, um, and it's not taking away from the beneficial effects from these other products I'm take I'm taking, but it's actually adding another element, a very detailed and subtle element to my daily stack that I really love. And I find that the cognitive benefits, the ones that I can feel and perceive, um, just give me this calming feeling and this kind of awareness of stressors without reacting to the stressors, which I think is a really cool aspect of Omega Tau. Yeah. And within Omega Tau, uh, one of the ingredients, the sesame extract, was one of those ingredients where when we really paid attention to what it was doing, because it came out of science, 
And then we put it in and we beta tested it. And when we beta tested it, we discovered that it was adding one of those little micro details, something like it was gelling things together. It was like taking a slightly bland tomato soup and adding just a sprinkle of extra salt, which just makes it pop and come together. So this is something we do in stacking a lot too. And we keep making these analogies. And the reason why we keep making these analogies is because it is very, very analogous to a lot of these different aspects. Making a stack is just like cooking. It's just like making a cocktail. It's like working as a barista and developing your new um, themed fall drink. And maybe you decide within your pumpkin spice latte, this year you're going to add a little bit of cardamom because it just makes some of those other flavors pop a little bit more. And just experimenting and being subtle with things is very important because with the pumpkin spice latte, if you put too much cardamom in it, all you're going to taste is cardamom. But and maybe then it's you... no longer pumpkin spice, and who yeah, wants that? Exactly. But if you do a little bit, maybe it makes other things pop while not drawing attention to itself. And that's what we try and do in stacking. We want it balanced. We want it synergistic. And this is the essence of all the Natrium Health products. It's really about combining the right amount of different ingredients that will work together synergistically, that will be the most effective for the most amount of people. And of course, there's always going to be an outlier here or there. Not all of us respond the same way to different products because we're human beings. We're full of variabilities and we're not living in these vacuum controlled environments. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, we take your feedback and your experiences into account. And we also try and work in finesse in these really subtle ways to combine ingredients to be as effective as possible and also push those boundaries because that's just a part of our our passion with Nootropics Devo and with Natrium Health is really pushing the boundaries and moving the supplement industry and the nootropic industry forward the best way we know how. And one of these new innovative things that we'll be doing is creating some more video content. So over the next few months, you'll see some more video content from us pop up. Actually, the first video content because we haven't really done a whole lot here. And one of our first projects that we thought would be interesting and would link up with this podcast is an instructional guide on how to make your own stack. So selecting all of the different ingredients for the stack, making sure that they make sense together, then blending those ingredients together and encapsulating them. And this can be a really difficult process. And you'll see in this video content that it is indeed a very difficult process that takes quite a bit of experience and knowledge to pull off correctly, but this is a perfect topic to choose to do a video on because we need more of that kind of information out there to show how are these things done. Maybe not even as a purely instructional video on how to go and do this yourself, but to give more insight into some of the challenges that we as a manufacturer might have with making stacks and getting it all together and testing it and just to show how complex this can be. And I think video content does a great job of that in addition to these podcasts. And we want things to be easy and accessible for all of you. And this is part of the reason why we do what we do here. Absolutely. And I think having the instructional videos that will 
show you as well as tell you uh, some of the processes that we go through as a manufacturer will give you a little bit of a different view of Nootropics Depot and give you an opportunity to see the products in action and how you might be taking them and experiencing them in your own lives. Here at Nootropics Depot, we like to keep things fresh and shake it up, so we're going to talk to you about new products that have been released since our last podcast episode. In the last month, we have released a handful of exciting new products for Nootropics Depot, uh, the first of which is Panax Ginseng Leaf Capsules. Emil, can you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, Panax Ginseng Leaf Extract is a really unique one because, well, obviously, we're extracting the leaves and this is unique because normally panax ginseng only the roots are used and there's a lot of mysticism about this as well and it's a whole big thing that we're not necessarily as clued into here but anyways the leaf extract is a really interesting part of the plant because it contains a much higher concentration of ginsenicides than the roots which means that when we make extracts we can actually standardize to a much much higher ginsenicide level so if you look at our root extract, it's usually between 7 to 10% ginsenicides. Uh, these new capsules are a little bit higher usually, but the current root powder that we've had, it's always between 7 to 10%, and the leaf extract is 40%. So oh, wow. it's significantly higher. Not only is it higher in those ginsenicides, the ratio of the ginsenicides is also different. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in a second, but all the different ginsenicides produce different effects. Some of them are stimulating, some of them are calming. And it seems like in the ginseng leaf extract, there's an abundance of stimulating compounds and there's a relative lack of calming compounds. So the leaf extract is probably the least balanced Panax ginseng product around. And it's very stimulating, it's very zippy, it's very clear-headed. And this is one of the reasons why I really love it. And I'll actually be picking up some Panax ginseng leaf capsules to take alongside my Panamax. So some Panamax early in the day, and then later in the day, a capsule of the Panax ginseng leaf as a quick pick-me-up. Nice. And that leads us into another uh, ginseng product that we've released in the last month, which is our Panax ginseng root capsules. Yeah, and these are actually quite interesting because they're made with white Panax ginseng root. And this is kind of the most natural way in which you can experience Panax ginseng because it's the Panax ginseng form that has the least amount of uh, processing associated with it. So a more common, actually, uh, Panax ginseng product is red Panax ginseng, and red Panax ginseng is made by steaming the roots at, at a pretty high temperature. And when you steam the roots, various reactions occur, including a pretty simple one, the Maillard reaction, which is the same reaction at brown sugar food. When it happens in the ginseng root, you get a red color, which is why it's called red Panax ginseng. But red Panax ginseng has a different composition of ginsenicides because the heat actually changes the natural ginsenicides into different ginsenicides. So with the white Panax ginseng root, which is in our capsules, you get to experience more of the root in its most natural state and in its most natural state it's not as stimulating actually and it's more calming so the white panax ginseng root capsules are a nice calming option and it's actually the root extract that we use in our panamax and using the white panax ginseng root together with the panax ginseng leaf made for a really nice balance when we tried it with the red panax ginseng uh, root 
and the Panax Ginseng Leaf. It was a little bit too stimulating and we didn't have the balance that we were looking for. So this ties in nicely with the topic of conversation of this podcast is that we really try and finesse our formulations using different forms of the same botanical, maybe different extract ratios, different processing ratios, different extraction methods, and we really get down into the nitty-gritty there and use everything to make good stacks. But anyways, now you can try that one out as a standalone, and it's a pretty interesting one. Yeah, absolutely. I like the idea of the different parts of the Panax ginseng being useful perhaps at different times of day or for different needs. And if you did decide you wanted to combine them, you could even adjust your dose for one or the other of those standalone ginseng products to get more of the effects that you're looking for. Absolutely. Cool. Okay, so next we're going to move on to another kind of exciting um, product that Emil and I have both been really into recently. Um, We are releasing, or we have released, taurine capsules. Um, Taurine is an endogenous compound. It's present in the human body. Um, This is news to me, relatively new, and it's also really exciting because I've been taking taurine powder recently, and I think having capsules available for any of our standalone products is really great for those of you who are a little bit scale-averse, or for those of you who just prefer the ease of taking capsules. So Emil, tell us a little bit about taurine and why it's exciting that we have it in this new format. So taurine is an amino acid, and the interesting thing about it is that it is one of few Uh, sulfur-containing amino acids, and this is partially because it's actually derived from another amino acid called L-cysteine, and L-cysteine is one of the primary uh, sulfur-containing amino acids. Taurine is also a sulfur-containing amino acid, and while that might just sound like a little bit of jargon, that, that doesn't really tie into anything. The interesting thing is that it can act as a sulfur donor, and specifically it can act as a hydrogen sulfide donor, H2S. And this is something we talked about in our last podcast episode about reduced glutathione and N-acetylcysteine, talking about uh, hydrogen sulfide donors in the context of L-cysteine, but now um, we're talking about it in the context of taurine because taurine is also coming from L-cysteine. Yeah, and I discovered that taurine was also a really good hydrogen sulfide donor by doing research for the last podcast. And when we were talking about glutathione and N-acetylcysteine, this kept coming up. And then I realized, hey, taurine is a really good um, hydrogen sulfide donor. And hydrogen sulfide has a lot of different benefits. Uh, It is actually an endogenous neurotransmitter. It's one of few gaseous neurotransmitters, the other one being nitric oxide. And as a gaseous neurotransmitter, it has lots of different functions throughout the brain, controlling neuroplasticity, long-term potentiation, blood flow. It seems to upregulate GABA-B receptors, which in the context of taurine is pretty interesting because taurine has GABAergic effects to begin with. So taurine as a whole seems like a very attractive amino acid. And unfortunately, one, I think that's often overlooked, and it was often overlooked by me, I don't know why it took me this long to get interested in taurine, but now I've been playing around with taurine a little bit and I actually really like the effects. And while I was playing out with tor- playing around with taurine, we also developed Dynamax Plus. And we wanted to enhance the energy levels of Dynamax Plus, and we found that uh, L-theanine could smooth out the effects of caffeine a little bit too efficiently sometimes. So 
we dropped the dose of L-theanine and now a lot more stimulation of the caffeine was coming through. However, now there was a little bit of like a phys- uncomfortable physical feeling with this high level of caffeine and a lower amount of L-theanine. So we discovered that if we combine a small dose of taurine with L-theanine, the two together complement each other very nicely, and taurine takes care of some of that physical uncomfortableness, jitteriness from caffeine, and smooths that out nicely. So so this is like an example of stack development kind of in real time, making yeah. adjustments to the initial Dynamax uh, formulation uh, for this new product, Dynamax Plus, and adding and changing the dosages of certain individual compounds or products that are in there to make a better stack that works well with this high caffeine content. Yeah. We just mentioned um, another one of the exciting new products that we've released, um, a Natrium Health release, which is Dynamax Plus. So we talked about it a little bit earlier in the podcast, and we've been mentioning um, some details about the formulation process. But Emil, give us just a general understanding of what is Dynamax Plus, who is it for, and why is it the awesome new caffeine super supplement on the market? So I would say it... It is the super new awesome caffeine supplement for a select few people. Uh, Dynamax Plus really is for seasoned caffeine users. Kind of, you've you've tried everything, you want to push the limits a little bit more, you can try something like Dynamax Plus. But keep in mind, it has a very high caffeine content, so if you are a little bit sensitive to caffeine, this is not a good one. But if you are interested in the effects, you can actually try out our original Dynamax, which has a much lower content of caffeine and higher content of L-theanine, and it's a little bit smoother. But Dynamax Plus is for people who always wanted to experience Dynamax with more power behind it, and this is what it is. So it's very stimulating, very long-lasting, but even though it's very stimulating, it's also quite smooth and balanced. So that's what we went for with Dynamax Plus. One of the main aspects of this is that it kicks in very quickly. So within about 15 minutes, you can start feeling dynamine, which is very interesting because normally you have to wait quite a while for these stimulating effects to kick in from caffeine. But with dynamine, it kicks in very quickly. So Dynamax Plus also kicks in very quickly. But then it gets a little bit more interesting because after the methylibrine, you get some just normal caffeine and that kicks in in around 30 minutes. But methylibrine actually potentiates caffeine a little bit. So the two together work synergistically to create an overall more stimulating effect. But it's kind of a two-stage thing in the beginning. You get this very quick rise with dynamine, and then it seems to level out. But then you start progressing from a higher plateau a little bit. Above your baseline, your energy levels are up already. Your system is kind of primed in that sense. And then the real ride starts it starts getting more and more stimulating but then as it starts getting more stimulating the l-theanine and the taurine also come in and help smooth that out and then at around the two hour mark we put in some delayed release caffeine so at the two hour mark it just releases a small bolus dose of caffeine and i find that at around the two hour mark because the dynamine kicks in so quickly and it also wears off somewhat quickly the effects start to dip a little bit at the two hour mark, even though it's still quite stimulating. But I like to, uh, in beta testing, all of us like a little bit of a bump at the two hour mark to get you back up a little bit more. And then 
after that, there is some extended release caffeine in there, which releases a small amount of caffeine throughout the whole eight hour duration of the Dynamax experience, like we like to call it. And this actually doesn't really add to the stimulation all too much, but it cushions your ride down. So there's not as much of a crash, even though there's quite a high caffeine content, it lets you down slowly. Ooh, that's probably exactly what we're looking for with a high caffeine supplement, especially because that come down period can be a little rough sometimes, depending on if, you know, you have some lack of sleep or you really need to stay focused. Um, maybe you're on the road or, or doing, you know, long cognitively challenging activities where you need that stimulation, you need that caffeine, but you also don't want to find yourself in a moment where you're going, ah, nothing's working in my brain anymore kind of coming down, being let down easy, as you yeah, said. Yeah, and, and caffeine's come down is no joke. And it gets worse and worse the higher in dose you go. So we wanted to put something in there which would pad the landing, so to say. And it does a really good job at this. Awesome. So now we're going to talk about another exciting natrium health release in the last month, and that is Omega Tau. So Emil, set the stage for us, give us a nice understanding of what is Omega Tau, what's it doing, what are the cognitive benefits, and what are some of the reasons why you think it's an exciting new product for Natrium Health? Yeah, we have to do a bit of time traveling, actually, to uh, get a good feel of what this one is. So this is based on a very, well, not very old, about a decade ago on a forum called Longevity, which is where a lot of the early nootropic talk happened as well. It's still alive. I do like going on there every once in a while. It's an interesting forum to check out. But on that forum, there was a user called Mr. Happy, and he was going through a bunch of research, and he found some research that if you combine DHA, fish oil, and choline, you could enhance brain membrane synthesis, and um, it's neuroprotective, and it helps with memory. So quick interruption. Can you give a little explanation. What is DHA and where does it come from? So DHA comes from fish oil. Um, it's also found in algae. And we actually just released a really novel algae-based DHA product as well. That we're going to talk about a little we'll, bit more we'll later. We'll talk a little bit later about it. But the interesting thing is the algae powder that we came out with, it's DHA complex to lysine and it's called Avalom. And actually what's in Omega Tau is also Avalom but the Avalom fish oil version um, to try to stay a little bit more true to the original stack, which used fish oil. Um, so anyways, on this forum on longevity, this user found this combination and determined that this could be a very good stack to look into and was kind of a community-driven approach. And I think the the whole thread is still there and it's probably hundreds of pages long at this point of people talking about the initial development of how people took the stack and where they sourced the ingredients and back then it was a lot harder to source a lot of these ingredients so there was a lot of crowdsourcing happening there of where can I find these things and then a lot of experience reports and we kind of wanted to pay homage to this period of nootropic exploration too because there were a lot of unknowns back then and a lot of the forum users kind of laid the foundation for what nootropics are today. So Omega Tau is our take on the Mr. Happy Stack with a few small tweaks and innovations. So 
one thing we realized while we were developing our first formulations of the Mr. Happy Stack, because the way it was traditionally taken is you basically had to source a bunch of different products and then take multiple capsules of different things. And so we, putting your own stack together. Putting your own stack together. And it was, and everyone was doing this and it's great. And we wanted something, and a lot of people always talked about this. We wanted a all-in-one product, but it never happened. So we kind of wanted to make it happen. And one of the challenges we had is, first and foremost, we thought we'll develop a soft gel. But dissolving all of those different ingredients that are in the Mr. Happy Stack inside of an oil and then getting that oil inside of a soft gel and then determining if it's stable and then taking the risk on a large run because soft gels can be a little bit tricky. We decided this is not really a realistic option for a product like this. And then the idea was shelved for a few years because there wasn't really a good alternative to making this. Then Avalom came out. And that was kind of our answer because we had five times higher bioavailability than regular fish oil. And it's a powder, so we can actually encapsulate it in a regular capsule machine. And we can do that ourselves and at uh, other facilities that we've worked together with for years. So this really opened up the door for a Mr. Happy Stack for us using only powders. So... Avalom is an innovation we put in because it is a novel formulation of DHA. It's basically fish oil complexed with the amino acid lysine. And through this complexation process, you have a much higher absorption rate. Another thing we did a little bit differently was a slightly lower dose of alpha-GPC because higher doses of choline seem to cause some mood issues for people. Um, I'm actually one of those people, so... In the beta testing, this was also a thing for me that I was mindful of. Uh, I always want to make sure that the product works well for a large amount of people, not just certain types of people or certain groups of people. So with this lower dose of alpha-GPC, the people that didn't have any sensitivities to alpha-GPC still had really good effects and they didn't really want a higher dose. And the people with alpha-GPC sensitivity, like myself, also had no issues with it and had good effects. So this was one thing we slightly changed. And then we put in some sesame, which one of the main reasonings behind this was that it can help a little bit with the fish oil absorption even further. And uh, it helps with vitamin E recycling. And vitamin E is also a part of the Mr. Happy Stack. So this made sense. But furthermore... Sesame has some really interesting neuroprotective effects and effects on oxidation and inflammation and neuroplasticity and metabolic health and things like this. So it made sense to have it in there. And also because it is something like choline that is found in our diets. But I guess I haven't really given a good concise overview of what exactly is in Omega Tau, so I should do that. So going from the top... It contains the Avalom DHA fish oil, which we talked about. It contains alpha-GPC. Um, it contains vitamin E. It contains sesame. It contains triacetyluridine as the uridine source. And it contains vitamin B9 or folate. And, and that's the, the complete formulation. And the main purpose really of it is as... The way I like to see it is it's like a nootropic vitamin almost. It's something you just take every day and it kind of gives you all of the building blocks that you need for cognitive health and 
this is a really nice way to look at it too because most people want some fish oil anyways and here you are getting some fish oil and you are getting some extra things tacked on there which are popular nootropic ingredients anyway so it's a nice comprehensive all-in-one one you can take long term every day and something that actually works well together with other stacks because it gives you a good foundation just like good nutrition good sleep uh, good overall work life balance and things like that can really add to cognitive function something like this can provide a good base on which you can build other cognitive function enhancing stacks Absolutely. I agree. And I've been taking Omega Tau um, for the past week or so, and I have to say it goes really nicely with the rest of my daily stack. And the effect that I noticed the most, it's not really an acute effect, I would say. If anything, it's it's sort of a, a peripheral effect, perhaps, because when I take Omega Tau, um, when I have a moment that I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or I'm thinking about my to-do list for the day, um, if at any point I start to go, hmm, hmm, what's going on? Okay, the list is starting to pile up. You know, there's there's a lot going on, and, and I might be feeling a bit overstimulated by my environment. Omega Tau has this kind of nice um, soft touch that goes, that's okay. You've got it. You've got it under control. And so in terms of um, maintaining this sense of mindfulness and groundedness um, with the different uh, cognitive enhancing supplements I'm taking, Omega Tau sort of smooths that out in a really interesting way and in a way that's different than with other, you know, cognitive focused nootropics that I've that I've experienced myself. Yeah, and if you look at the longevity thread, these are the kind of effects that you see a lot of people experiencing as well, which is a very unique set of effects. And Uridine hits a lot of interesting uh, neurotransmitter systems that can help with these calming effects. But then also the stack as a whole is also quite famous for enhancing dopaminergic sensitivity. So that might also be something you're experiencing. Yeah, that certainly is probably part of what I'm experiencing. And you have the technical language to describe it. I only have these kind of layman terms to describe the experiences that I have uh, when taking Omega Tau. But it is really cool that even though I'm using different language than you are, uh, we're kind of talking about the same thing. And at the end of the day, your experience is the experience that matters the most because this is why we make products. We don't make products to uh, have a check in the box for the science. And to a certain degree we do because we want to have it scientifically validated. But what we want is that we are producing real-world results and you need to describe real-world results, usually with real-world language. So a report like yours is very important, which is why I think Reddit has always been such a amazing platform, and Longevity too, because people actually talked about what they experienced, not just translating what they're reading about in research. Absolutely. So you had mentioned uh, Avalom uh, fish oil earlier, and the, our next new product and our last new product that we're going to talk about today that's been released since uh, the previous podcast episode is an Avalom product, but it's exciting. It's a vegan-friendly Avalom DHA algae powder, and I'm really curious to hear a little more detail about this product, and it's vegan. This is really exciting, and algae is such a fascinating uh, plant so many nutrients and so many compounds in there and I know that you've got some exciting information about it to share. Yeah I've always been really interested in algae partially because it grows really efficiently so 
I think you can harvest algae after like 24 hours. So it's really sustainable. It's it's quick to produce and you don't have to go farm fish because I take fish oil and I really love fish oil, but it's something that sometimes on the back of my mind is we do have to go out and fish fish for this. And uh, sometimes I don't know how I feel about that. So even for myself, even though I'm not vegan, having an option like Valum around Valum DHA algae around is nice because I have an alternative to get my DHA from something that is not a living being, which is always nice. Uh, I think fish oil is a great source of uh, omega-3 fatty acids, especially because it has a much higher amount of EPA, which you don't necessarily find as often in algae and algae extracts. So there are still some benefits with fish oil that you don't get with algae. However, there are clearly some advantages to algae too. So there's two sides of the coin there. And I think even for people who aren't vegans or vegetarians, it's interesting to consider taking an algae source DHA at some point too, just to try it out and see what you think. And maybe also a way to try out a more um, streamlined DHA, more selective, because the algae doesn't contain a whole lot of uh, EPA, so you are just getting pure DHA, which is kind of unique. Because with most fish oils, you're always getting EPA and DHA. So what would you say is the main difference between a fish oil supplement and an algae DHA supplement in terms of effects? For the most part, they'll actually be pretty similar, which is exactly what we want. We basically want all of the same effects that we get from fish oil, but we don't want it from fish, we want it from algae. However, there are some subtle differences. So there's not huge differences I've experienced between EPA and DHA, but what I found is that DHA, and not only I found the whole conclusion of the longevity thread with the Mr. Happy Stack was basically that you need a high concentration of DHA. That's really what's important for the cognitive effects. EPA, on the other hand, has some interesting uh, mood-enhancing effects and things like that. But in my experience and in others' experiences, it seems like having just DHA provides a slightly cleaner cognitive enhancement effect. Um, the differences are subtle, of course. A fish oil by itself is not going to have a crazy huge acute impact often, um, but it's more of a long-term thing that we all need those omega-3 fatty acids, and especially DHA and EPA, and they're fairly hard to get through our diet, so supplementing them is a good idea. But in terms of teasing out acute effects that you can really feel, the differences between EPA and DHA are probably subtle. But you have a bit of a, a cleaner cognitive enhancement thing going on with just DHA, which is what makes the algae extract, in addition to it being a more eco-friendly solution to a DHA source, quite attractive. Absolutely. And it, actually, especially in the case of a phalon, because not only is this just any regular old algae extract, which there are quite a few of, this algae extract is complex to lysine, similar to the fish oil um, available. So the same bioavailability enhancement technology is there, and we see higher levels of absorption with available algae than we do with normal algae, which is great. Yeah, 
Definitely. So there's a handful of exciting new supplements released. We'll just go over them one more time. So it's the vegan algae DHA Avalon powder. Uh, we have taurine capsules. We have our two uh, exciting new natrium health stack products that we've released, Dynamax Plus and Omega Tau. And then we also have Panax ginseng leaf extract in capsules. And we have Panax ginseng root extract in capsules for you. Yeah, and... This was a pretty big release, and but we're on fire. We're coming out with another big release. So uh, this podcast is releasing on Tuesday, and if you're listening to it on the release day, in a couple of days, on Thursday, we will have a release of a few new products. So we're going to have NMN powder now. Uh, a lot of you have indicated that you want some powder because some people actually pass the entire enteric-coated NMN tablet. So the enteric-coated NMN really helps with stability and absorption, but not everyone can take it, and they are also a little bit more expensive. So having the powder available means you can take higher doses of nicotinamide mononucleotide NMN. We also have the powder in capsules for a convenient option for those that don't react well to the enteric-coated tablets. And then we'll have Subroxy in 500 milligram tablets. So for people who want a little bit more stimulation. And I actually thought, man, that's a really crazy dose, but it's a dose that the manufacturer recommends. So we thought maybe we should offer some 500 milligram tablets. And a lot of people on Reddit indicated that they would want a higher dose tablet. So I decided to try it out. And I was a little bit nervous about it because I'm sensitive to stimulants, but I actually had really good effects with it. So even for those that think they might be a little bit sensitive to a higher dose, I would still recommend uh, caution, but it could actually be an interesting dose to try sometime. Yeah, definitely. A 500 milligram dose of Subroxy. You never know. It might work actually better for you than a lower dose. Yeah, I actually found that in lower doses, Subroxy is maybe like a little bit zippier in in the stimulation where with the higher dose it became more stimulating but it also became maybe a little bit more full-bodied in a sense like there was more calming there was more smoothing going on so I was more stimulated but in an interesting way it was also a little bit smoother even though it was more stimulating so that that was interesting to try out and for those that need the higher dose of subroxy this is a really good option and we'll be releasing two new mystery products. So we're not going to tell you what those are right now because we do want to keep them a mystery, but keep your eyes peeled and... We can give you the hints, though, because we've released some hints. Uh, If you check out our uh, new product mystery release page, so we we put up a timer and you can see when these new products are coming and sometimes we'll tell you what they are if they are already existing products. And this is going to be on our website. Yeah. So one of the products, the hint was this is a nootropic amino acid. And then the other hint was this has a 2-oxopyrrolidone base structure. So for those in the know, you probably know exactly what that is and exactly what it could maybe replace. But we won't get into that. Um, The second one, it's a supercritical CO2 liquid extract. Very exciting. Um you'll really like this one but that's the first hint and the second hint is this botanical is often made into a tea Um, and i'll give you a bit of an additional hint here it's made into a tea in ayurveda and in ayurveda this herb 
starts with a T. Those are some really good hints. So I'm excited to see what y'all think uh, these new mystery products might be. Um, you can add your thoughts and your guesses onto the thread that we have going on our subreddit. That's r slash Depot. And um, let us know what you think might be coming your way. And then stick around and uh, either visit our website or you can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, you'll get notified when new products are dropped uh, to figure out what these new mystery products might be. So that concludes our new product segment of the podcast. Now we're going to go into my personal favorite part of the podcast of In Search of Insight, which is reading and answering your questions from Reddit. So these questions are specific to stacking, stack advice. Uh, They're specific to Natrium Health products. And we're going to get started with this first question from McGruffer, who asks, how are the stacks or blends for Natrium products decided upon? Yeah, I think we kind of answered that question with this whole podcast. Um, It's a very involved and complex process, and we go through a lot of different research studies and personal experiences with ingredients and even looking through forums and seeing what people had been combining and looking at traditional Chinese practices and Ayurvedic practices and looking at historically what was done, but then also looking at new research and new botanicals. And we always try to go for botanicals that are kind of a little bit more unknown, a little bit more novel, or maybe a very well-known botanical, but properly standardized or standardized for unique ingredients like what we do with our Tonga Dali. So we always try and focus on unique ingredients like that for our stack compositions. Absolutely. And in addition to that, I think another important part of the stack development process for Natrium Health is also um, the feedback that we receive from you, our customers and our listeners, um, and what you're interested in, in terms of stacks and in terms of just general well-being, uh, things that you want to be improving in your daily life, whether it's your waking life during the day as you're working or going about uh, the things you have to do, or at nighttime with your sleep schedule, um, your workouts, your recoveries, and these things that uh, we get a lot of feedback on. So Natrium Health stacks are put together from many different perspectives, but a lot of it is is also from the requests that you make and also the ideas and the requests that uh, we within Nootropics Depot have for fun and exciting and, you know, boundary pushing stack ideas. Absolutely. So there's a follow-up question that McGruffer asks, which is, I know the natrium products pride themselves on using natural ingredients, but would the natrium team consider using other lab developed ingredients in any of their stacks in the future? Or is that strictly a Nootropics Depot area? Great question. Yeah, and it's strictly a Nootropics Depot uh, area, which is why for Natrium, our slogan is science powered by nature. We're really going for the most cutting edge things we can achieve with natural compounds. And this is a great follow-up question to finish McGruffer's contribution, which is, without giving too much away, what kinds of stacks is the Natrium health team excited about developing next? Ooh... Yeah, I'm not sure if I can answer that, actually. But maybe if I don't go into the details, I can give give some small things away. So actually, today, I mean, as I'm recording this, I'm actually beta testing one of our new Natrium Health stacks. And I can't tell you what it is, but I'm very excited about it. And I'm also currently 
working on developing another one that we're about to start beta testing and I'm also very excited about that one and I also can't tell you what that one is you'll just have to wait for it but it will be fairly soon uh, but soon, don't quote me on that more more like soon tm for those of you who know on reddit but all joking aside we are always working on uh, exciting new ideas and stacks and approaches for Nootropics Depot and for Natrium Health. And right now there's a lot of exciting uh, activity going on that's under wraps. We can't tell you about it, but we promise as soon as we can, we will. And you'll know if you're signed up for a newsletter, if you're following us on Reddit, and if you're you know active in the chat. So if you want to know more, uh, you can always hang out, ask us questions, and we'll, we'll give you as much information as we can. But for now, it's just bait. So And one thing I can promise is that You've probably noticed we've had a very, very solid output of new products, and we have absolutely no plans of slowing down. And I look every day, and an enormous list of products gives me a little bit of anxiety sometimes, because there's a lot, and you'll be seeing a lot of new products coming in over the next few months, which is very exciting, though. And there's some very interesting and cool products on there that I'm sure all of you will be very excited about. Absolutely. Okay, so moving on to another question that we have about the stack design process. This one comes from Unusual Invite 5668, and the question is, the main problem I have with blends, and this is in parentheses, I haven't tried any of the Natrium Health ones though, is that one ingredient can make me feel off, and I have no idea which one it is, so I just have to discard the whole bottle. How do you ensure, to the best of your ability, that your blends don't cause this problem? Well, my first uh, request for you is, why don't you give a Natrium Health product to try and let us know how it goes for you? But now I'll let Emil actually answer the real question. Yeah, and, and I'll counter that and say we can't design the product specifically for you. So, and that's unfortunate. It would be great if we could figure out exactly what works for you and what works and d doesn't work for you or gives you adverse effects or something so we can spe specifically develop something that will work well for you but maybe it will work terribly for myself or for Erica, and that's that doesn't really work either. So to the best of our ability, we design smart stacks with ingredients in there that complement each other and are producing similar types of effects. So that is what we do to ensure that we have stacks that work well for people. Another thing that we do is we do beta tested with multiple people um, first there's alpha testing the owner of Nootropics Depot and Natrium Health and myself we are usually the first people to test things uh, Erica actually recently came on board this alpha testing team too because she has a very keen sense of what's going on with uh, alpha testing so she's a very valuable asset there too but this means that the whole product development isn't hinged on just one or two people a lot of people try it out and we oftentimes find that in a group of 10 people, a few people have different reactions, and then we can kind of try and smooth it out so everyone has a similar reaction. So earlier in the podcast, I was talking about the Alpha GPC dose in Omega Tau and deciding what worked well for people that were sensitive to it and people that weren't sensitive to it and finding a nice middle ground there. So we do do some things to ensure that on average for the average person taking these it's going to be a very well-designed stack. We'll do what it does. It doesn't have a bunch of random crazy ingredients thrown together. It's well-thought-out science-based stacks. So 
that's what we do to ensure that. But unfortunately, there's no way to ensure that a stack will work well for you. And this brings us to an interesting point too with creating your own stacks. Is, that was what's, yeah. yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, if a stack product doesn't work well for you because there might be one or two ingredients in there you can't take out specifically, um, you feel like you have to throw the whole product away, why not start with a couple of the ingredients uh, or the botanicals or compounds that you know you're interested in and take those individually and, and, and find yeah. out the best uh, dosage for you for that product by itself and then start to create your own stack you know modeled after um, a product that you're interested in just so that you can get a feel for what is it like to combine these things at certain dosages what is it like to take them by themselves and then you might actually be able to figure out for yourself um, if there's anything that's in that stack that you wouldn't have a desired effect from and then you can you can do it independently too yeah so a big thing here is isolating and what I was going to quickly interject with while you were uh, giving a very good explanation of this was that sometimes you might already be very familiar with ingredients. You probably have some experience with caffeine, like a lot of us have maybe years of experience with caffeine. We know exactly what it does, so building a stack around caffeine is much easier than, say, building a stack around some sort of novel peptide that came out of spinach that no one knows what it does and you've never taken it before and no one's ever taken it before and there's no data on it and you really have to go out there as an explorer and determine what it does and then see how it can integrate with other things but this is a hypothetical situation but more realistically we are at one point always new to an ingredient and we need to discover what it is similar in cosmetics you don't just go and smear your face full of a neo-cosmetic thing. You do a little patch test and you see, maybe do I have some breakout there or a rash? Am I sensitive to this product? Do the same with supplements too. Try each one out individually. See, take it slow. Take it slow. Take some good notes. See what everyone does. Then combine a few. See what changes. Do I lose something? Like with caffeine and L-theanine. You lose some stimulation, but you gain some smoothness. So keep track of what's changing in a stack, and then you can figure out what works well for you. Annoyingly, though, sometimes, even though you are familiar with certain ingredients in isolation and they work well for you, when you combine them, they don't work well for you anymore because there are interactions that happen. So this is not as common, but it's also something to keep in mind. Maybe you started with three ingredients that work wonderfully separately, and then you combine them, and now you are having bad effects. So I could imagine a scenario where you take goat to cola by itself. It works great. You take shoda ashwagandha by itself. It works great. And you take some bacopa by itself, and it works great. Now you combine all three, and you're hopelessly tired and lethargic and unmotivated all day. That can happen because all three interact in a way where they increase each other's effects on stress reduction and calming effects and things like that to the point where you get lethargic and demotivated. So this is something to keep in mind too. And this is why stacking is hard. And this is obviously something that we keep in mind when we are developing stacks, that the combinations that we make make sense and aren't contradictory or producing unpleasant effects. That was a great answer and really comprehensive too. So we're going to move on to another question 
um, related to the stack development process. And this one is from Zidatris, who's a regular listener and a regular asker of great questions. Um, this one's kind of fun, and and I'll just go for it. So the question is, do you ever get some inspiration from big name stacks, such as Neurohacker, MindLab Pro, AlphaBrain, etc.? And then there's an edit out of pure curiosity, really. Yeah, and... I don't, I don't want to shoot those other brands down too hard, but I feel thoroughly uninspired by a lot of those uh, combinations. They So simple answer is no. No, I, I do look at them because I'm curious and I want to stay aware of what the competition is doing and what else is out there. And if uh, someone else came out, a big brand stack came out and, and it made a lot of sense, then... I would be very interested in picking it up, but as it stands, I've I've tried a few of these and I've looked at a few of them, and they've never really excited me. They've never really had the intended effects that I necessarily wanted, which is why I started making just my own stacks at home, and then now I have the opportunity to create stacks together with a whole team of people, where we're all chipping in ideas and research and testing it and it's very collaborative and we get to make these stacks and we actually get to make them real products that all of you get to take it's super exciting but i wish i could take more inspiration from other companies and i wish there was more creativity around but i will say that while not a big name stack company or brand i take a lot of inspiration from ayurvedic practices and from traditional chinese practices because they spend thousands of years developing these systems and learning about different botanicals and plants and how to combine them and how to extract them and how to get the best effects out of them. And obviously they are oftentimes linked up with spirituality and things like that. And this is where certain products, especially something like Panax ginseng actually, takes on a life of its own where it has its own spirit and there's some mysticism about it. And we don't have that here and I don't, there's no place for it in like Nootropics Depot products or Natrium Health products because we're focusing on the science. But what I find really fascinating is that there's a big culture around it and there's a lot of history around it. And if you look at these formulations and you look at the science behind them, somehow they got it very right. So now we guide a lot of our stack development and formulation with science, but Back then, they just had to rely on experience. And clearly, relying on experience and being an experienced person in this creates good stacks that last the test of time. Absolutely. And and that's something that I think is really amazing about uh, Natrium Health, but Nootropics Depot in general, is that we're, we're really focused on, on following the science and providing the absolute highest quality ingredients and products that are out there on the market. Uh, but we're also taking inspiration from Ayurveda and from traditional Chinese practices. We're taking inspiration from um, the challenges we experience in our own life and the challenges we hear our customers experience. And so there's a lot of different ways that we do get inspired uh, to create stacks and products. And it's not only from research studies, it's also from cultures and from 
uh, different places and people throughout the world. And I think that's something that's really cool to learn about, you know, as I've gotten a little bit more aware of the, the stack development process. And I would say if we if we dig into that a little bit deeper too, everything we know about plants and that plants can have these effects in humans that are highly beneficial, the only reason we know these things is because over thousands of years, humans have taken massive risks just trying out random herbs and plants at different doses and running their own bioassaying and clinical trials, basically, trying to figure out what's a good dose. Will this plant kill me? Will this plant heal me? What does this plant do for certain things? How can I, if one thing happens to me, what plant do I use to correct that? Or what plant can I use for preventative? And a lot of pharmaceuticals too today it stems from that all too modifying those structures and creating man-made structures with more selective and highly specific effects but there's a large history and culture behind all of this and we can validate it with science now but it's amazing that there's just thousands of years of human history showing that these plants and can have very interesting effects and specifically what parts of the plant to use how to extract them how to use them how to dose them etc cetera, etc cetera. and then how to combine them with then other botanicals which is the whole point of this podcast so excellent question from Zidatris loaded in more ways than one now we're going to move on to another question that we got from a regular listener and question asker Hormesis who asks would you ever consider editing existing formulas to improve them, or are they designed to be static? In parentheses, I mean, aside from fixing, quote, bugs, like removing zinc from sleep support. Yeah, they're designed to be mostly static, so they should stand the test of time. We don't design stacks on the fly and have you guys be the beta testers, like a lot of companies do. A lot of tech companies do this. A lot of supplement companies, I'm sure, do this as well. We don't want you to be the beta testers. We take care of that. That's our job. The product has to be perfect when it leaves our facility and ends up in your hands. So if we went back and edited formulations, it would also mean that maybe we weren't as diligent as we could have been in the beta testing phase to make a stack that even 50 years from now may still be relevant. I would love to see a product like Panamax or Dynamax stand that test of time and see it still be available 10, 20 years from now. That being said, our output certainly will never become static or boring or homogenous. We will always get new ingredients, and when we get new ingredients, we get new ideas for new stacks, and, and it would seem tempting to maybe take some of these new ingredients and revamp existing stacks, but then maybe we'll break a stack for a lot of loyal followers of that stack. So instead, what we want to do is when we get new products like that, we want to take our inspiration and creativity and just make new products with them, interesting products with different effects and different effect profiles and maybe more novel formulations. The main idea is innovation, and that's really what I think Emil is trying to get at. Yes. So we're going to move on to one more question that we got in this uh, stack development process category. And this one comes from Iman123. And the question is, how to know whether a stack is safe to take? Best way to research or things to look out for? Great question. Yeah, um, I would say 
our stacks are safe. I mean, that we wouldn't design a dangerous stack. So I would say just go with one of our stacks. The thing to really look out for, even if a stack looks like it's properly formulated, you never know if it's properly tested. And this brings up an interesting thing with stacks is that they are very hard to test because instead of just having a single ingredient that you test, you now have eight, ten ingredients maybe in a single capsule and you have to figure out a way to separate all of those different things and test if they're in there in the correct ratios and um, we test each raw ingredient before that so the testing costs become really high and a lot of competitors who make stacks skip this process because it is too arduous. This is also why it takes quite a long time to come out with natrium stacks because it is such a lengthy process. And natrium health stacks are tested and they, and, and we and they test, are yeah. you know, held to an extremely high standard and we, we provide certificates of analysis and we really go to great lengths to make sure that everything that goes into a stack is safe and it's effective and it's working synergistically with the other ingredients that are there. Yes, and nothing leaves the shelf before I try it and the owner tries it. So with that in mind, we wouldn't make a product that would put us in harm's way because at the end of the day, I'm the most important person for myself because I need to keep myself alive. I wouldn't design a product and then test it out on myself and inadvertently hurt myself. I want these products to be safe because I take them. My family members take them. My friends take them. So, and and all of you take them. And we actually care about all of you. So we don't just want to make a quick buck. We actually want to ensure that you are getting safe, effective products that are enhancing your quality of life. Absolutely. But I don't know what the philosophy is for other stack manufacturers out there, and we don't know what their testing is like. So I can't really say what to look out for necessarily with other stacks outside of ours. Yeah, absolutely. There are good stacks out there, I probably, but mm-hmm. you don't know and there's not as much transparency usually. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that is something that really sets natrium health and nootropics depot apart um is is our transparency it's something we really pride ourselves on and something that's really important to uh, both both companies nootropics depot and natrium health yeah honestly it's the most important thing it's what made us start the company to begin with we Mm -hmm. wanted to see better testing in the industry because testing in this industry is very lackluster and it's very disheartening and we could talk about it all day but that's probably for a future podcast future podcast (laughs) but the state of the industry is pretty bad and we've always been trying to change it and natrium was one of those things too where we want natural products naturally formulated but also rigorously scientifically tested yeah definitely so now there's some more follow-up questions um from iman one two three and uh the first question is general rules of thumb when stacking and we've answered this in many different ways over the course of the podcast but we'll just reiterate it in a really short way now Um, to start general rules of thumb when stacking if you're taking um, a couple of different individual ingredients and you're planning on putting them together just take them separately first before you combine them 
And then Emil, other general rules of thumb for stacking? Yeah, so I would say that's kind of your base. What Erica was saying, you need to get to know your ingredients well. If you don't know your ingredients well, it's hopeless. You're not going to make a good stack. You need to know what each ingredient does. You need to read up on them. You need to research. You really become intimately familiar with whatever you're trying to stack. Once you get there, there are some general rules of thumb. And this already leads into that first portion of research. The one general rule of thumb is combine ingredients that are synergistic. So if you're just combining ingredients because you think one ingredient looks cool and the other ingredient looks cool and you just want them in one thing, yeah, it's just you're taking two ingredients. But if you want a stack, usually you want that the how does the saying go? The sum of its part is the greater than the equal or the whole? Yes, 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 yes. So it goes greater than the sum of its parts. Uh, yeah, thanks for saving me there. Sometimes my uh, English as a second language uh, kind of trips me up. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, um, Emil speaks Dutch. So if there's any uh, Dutch listeners out there or uh, Dutch folks on Reddit, you know, send Emil a message. He might want to might want to have a conversation with you about nootropics in Dutch. Ja, we kunnen gewoon in het Nederlands praten over nootropics en supplementen. Ik heb een beetje een raar accent, maar we kunnen do that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we're going to move on to another follow-up question from Iman123, um, which is a little bit more specific to a mechanism kind of question. Can you combine dopamine releasers and DRIs together, or do they have interfering mechanisms? Uh, you could, and I've actually tried it recently with Subroxy and a very exciting um, plant-based dopamine releasing compound. The two together work quite well, but then we are talking about fairly mild. I mean, Subroxy is not necessarily a mild dopamine reuptake inhibitor, but this other dopamine releaser was somewhat mild compared to some of the other stuff out there. That's a dopamine releasing agent. So I think generally combining a reuptake inhibitor with a releaser is not necessarily a good idea. But it can be done in more subtle ways, it seems. So combining Subroxy with this mild dopamine releasing agent actually worked quite well and rounded out the effects a little. Nice. And one other question, or there's actually a few more questions, but this one's another mechanism question. Uh, nootropics that affect liver enzymes, like the CYP2D6 enzyme, would these affect absorption of other nootropics? Yeah, this is an interesting thing because the liver enzymes definitely uh, apply to natural compounds and supplements too, and you can have different interactions with liver enzymes and absorption, and it can get pretty complex, especially if a plant contains multiple different compounds that each have an effect on these uh, cytochrome P450 enzymes. So sometimes it can actually be beneficial too. If, if we're looking at um, curcumin and piperine, for example, one of the reasons why piperine helps curcumin absorb better is because piperine is a pretty broad inhibitor of the cytochrome P450 enzymes. And because curcumin is metabolized by some of the cytochrome P450 enzymes, it enhances the absorption and how long the curcumin can stay in circulation. So sometimes it's a good thing, um, and sometimes certain compounds can actually induce certain cytochrome P450 enzymes, which would mean that other compounds get metabolized a little bit quicker, 
So there are definitely some interactions out there. It's interesting to look at it. And another interesting thing that not a whole lot of people talk about, because the cytochrome P450 enzyme system oftentimes gets oversimplified, but something a lot of people aren't aware of is that the cytochrome P450 enzymes are actually under diurnal control, meaning that they respond to circadian rhythm. So I believe they are lower in the evening and higher in the morning, which means that depending on certain times of day when you take certain things, you might have different interactions there with the cytochrome P450 enzymes. So I think, unfortunately, at a certain point, it gets a little bit hopelessly complex, and it's maybe something that we don't have to concern ourselves with all too much, but being aware of it and being aware of the potential interactions that could happen is always good, especially when we can use it in our favor. Definitely. So now we're going to move on to a new category of questions, which is stack suggestions or requests that we got on the Reddit thread asking what questions you had about stacks and stack development and stacks in general. And so the first one comes from Pentariaza, really cool username. Uh, the question is, will Nootropics Depot slash Natrium Health consider releasing a digestive health stack? Maybe something along the lines of an optimized psyllium husk powder or capsules with ingredients focused on digestive support with pre and postbiotics and perhaps ingredients with glucose slash cholesterol management attributes. Someone who knows more than me can maybe comment bo- below with some suggestions. So thanks for um, stimulating the conversation and thanks for asking this really interesting question, Emil. How about a prebiotic, uh, probiotic, postbiotic Digestive health thing. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting and definitely something we will do at a certain point and something I have a few ideas floating around with and a few other people around the, the office have had a few ideas and I think we can come up with something really interesting. Yeah, definitely. So, um, while this might not go under the soon TM category, it is certainly something we're thinking about often. Yes. Now we're quickly moving into another category of questions about stacks, which is questions about absorption and dosing of stacks. So this question comes from LaMansion93, um, another regular listener and asker of great questions. And their question is, on the topic of combining supplements, I often wonder if I'm introducing negative interactions by taking my big morning stack including over 20 Nootropics Depot products. Should I spread out my dosing over a couple hours or is taking a large variety of products at one time fine? Really good question. We get this all the time. Yeah, and I would experiment with it a little bit and do some research on all the different things that you are combining. I personally take about 18 different things all at once in the morning. So I do take a large stack and I don't space it out because I like how all of the different ingredients interact together and have synergies together and if I spread it out I don't necessarily get that. There are some ingredients in my stack that I could separate out like vitamin D and magnesium. It doesn't it's not super critical when I take those, but it's just convenient to take them all before I leave the house if I have to leave the house or if I'm just around the house it's still convenient to just take them all and not have to remember to take another stack later in the day because I'm a pretty busy, busy person so I can lose track of taking a second dose. So for me, if I don't get them all in at the same time, I'm liable to forget part of my stack. And I've had this happen a lot when I did try and separate it out. I I have experimented though. And 
taking certain smaller ones before I have some breakfast to give me some nice mental clarity and things like that and then taking the rest of the stack later and I did this for a while but currently I've been really really busy so I've just been taking it all at once. Yeah, so the short answer for Emil is is that yes, you can take the products all at once and that's that should be fine. Um, but do your research and um, if you are feeling some some negative or less than desirable effects uh, when you do combine all of those products at once, you know, take it a little slow and maybe maybe back off and you can take a couple at a time together and, and see what combinations work best for you. And I'm a little bit different than Emil because um, I can be really sensitive sometimes when I take lots of capsules at one time, especially if I haven't had enough to eat. Um, and so I like to take a handful of more of the cognitive benefit supplements early in the morning, which really helps to jumpstart my day. And then I'll wait a little while until I've had some breakfast and had a little bit of time uh, for my stomach to settle and maybe digest some of that a bit. And then I'll take the rest of my supplements in the afternoon. So I'm still getting the benefits uh, that I want like earlier in the day, uh, but I do like to break it up into two smaller groups. And that's just my preference. Our next question about absorption and dosing of stacks is coming from Mr. Philip. And the question is, one of my stacking conundrums is based on timing. I've been a Tau user for nearly 12 years, and I have always stacked it with an oil, MCT, omegas, etc. But I always felt that I needed to take the oil first. I assume, but I don't know, that each supplement has different uptake times, and therefore, to be efficiently synergistic based on its half-life, the timing of each supplement should be important. What's the science behind this? Yeah, it it gets pretty complex there too, with a lot of different ingredients that have different pharmacokinetic profiles and things like that. But one thing I will say is that you don't have to take oil with triacetyluridine. You'll be fine just taking it on an empty stomach. Oils can sometimes enhance absorption. It could enhance absorption for not just fat-soluble compounds, but also water-soluble compounds. And there is a lot of research we're doing in this area yet, and I'm not necessarily ready to share some of that data yet that we found, but there are some interesting things happening with lipids and absorption that can affect a lot of different supplements. But So there might be some merit to taking an oil source beforehand so it's already in your digestive tract before you take the supplement. So, And that would apply globally to all sorts of different supplements. If somehow the oil is having um, an absorption-enhancing effect, but only if the oil is in the intestines, which is what our theory revolves around, then it would mean taking the oil maybe half an hour before you take the supplement or even an hour before, or even if you eat a fatty meal an hour uh, before taking your supplements or something like that, then potentially you'll have some better absorption. But then maybe you'll also have some interactions with what's in your food with supplement absorption, so it gets pretty complex there. But if that works well for you, keep doing what works well for you, because that's what matters. Definitely. And if you're really interested in learning more about the absorption process in general, uh, we have a really informative blog on our website. It's called When Should I Take My Supplements? And it talks about... And we can link that in the product description. Yeah, definitely. Or the, in the, the podcast, podcast description. description. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and that 
blog talks about absorption, um, absorption times. It talks about some of the nitty gritty science of um, digestion. And I think it'll benefit a lot from checking this out if, if you feel like it, uh, because it has some really good info in there that's specific to your question and that you can apply to all the different supplements you might be taking on a daily basis. So we have one final question. This one comes from The Optimizer. Thanks so much for listening and for asking your thoughtful questions. So the question is, how digestive enzymes could impact the bioavailability of my stack if taken at or around the same time? Yeah, this is a very interesting question because digestive enzymes, what do they actually do? And one of the main things they do is they break down carbohydrates and proteins, things that we consume through our diet and that's why they're called digestive enzymes because they help digest our food but can a digestive enzyme break down a a compound like caffeine or something like that i don't think so maybe it could uh, degrade some of the beta glucans or something like that in some of the mushroom products because those are polysaccharide they're, they're starches i could conceivably imagine that there might be Uh, some sort of digestive enzyme interaction that could break some of those bonds but it's hard to predict exactly what it would be doing because all of the different digestive enzymes have different effects and some act on proteins and some act on carbohydrates and most supplements are not going to be proteins i don't know actually of anything at least that we sell that is a protein uh, or contains any sort of active protein fraction the one thing I could maybe see happening with some of the digestive enzymes is that peptide-based products could be sensitive. So things like um, glutathione, which is a peptide, and L-carnosine, which is a peptide, potentially in the presence of protein-digesting enzymes, those enzymes may be able to break some of the peptide bonds too, because that's maybe how they're breaking down some of these proteins. And if that's the case, then taking those sort of digestive enzymes together with specific products like glutathione or L-carnosine could maybe impact absorption. A follow-up question from the optimizer is the differences in taking stacks with or without fish oil and or MCT oil, and if this should be thought of differently than taking stacks with meals. It goes back to my first part of the answer is that it it's it probably doesn't make a crazy huge difference especially like one small fish oil capsule it's it's not a whole lot of oil it it would be pretty yeah one gram of fish oil interacting with a few milligrams of an active compound coming together miraculously somewhere in your digestive tract is a little bit far-fetched maybe so i wouldn't imagine that taking something like just a single capsule of fish oil would necessarily aid absorption. I would imagine taking 10, 20 grams of something like MCT oil, and especially maybe with a phospholipid, like a phospholipid, like if you took some of our Smart PS maybe with a larger amount of MCT oil, because Smart PS contains these phosphatidylcholine type things and phosphatidylserine, which is how they make liposomes too but they act as emulsifiers and in the presence of fats they can cause some of that emulsification to happen during absorption and that really helps so 
Maybe if you're playing around with higher amounts of fat like that and some of these phospholipids, then together, if you preload it like half an hour before you take it and and then you take the your supplement stack. or your stack, then potentially some things will work better. But again, maybe not every single compound in that stack absorbs in the intestines. Maybe some of it absorbs in the stomach and then maybe the fat thing doesn't matter as much. So... It's hard to know what in a stack, how it would interact. But my advice would be just try it out because I have actually noticed some some pretty interesting interactions. I made an extract once of a, of a plant and when taken by itself, this extract, it, it worked fine. But then one day I, I had some Zing Zang Bloody Mary mix laying around that I needed to get rid of. So I thought, oh, I would just mix my extract in there because the the taste will complement each other and then when i drank my uh, virgin bloody mary mix the effects were better so i don't know what it is maybe there's something in zing zang maybe there's a specific emulsifier that they use to make it so it doesn't separate and maybe that emulsifier also helped emulsify some of the compounds so who knows maybe take a shot of zing zang and then half an hour later take your stack and maybe that will work who knows yeah exactly and, and to get back to the second part of the question if if taking a stack with mct oil if that should be thought of in the same way or in a different way as taking a stack along with a meal what would you say the meal is going to be different because it will probably contain fats proteins, carbohydrates, um, maybe different flavonoids, like maybe you were eating some cabbage and you're getting some cabbage flavonoids, or maybe you were eating red cabbage, we're just on the cabbage train here, but maybe you're eating some red cabbage and you're getting huge amounts of anthocyanins, and maybe those anthocyanins can bind to open binding sites, maybe the open binding site of something like magnesium, maybe those anthocyanins could bind there and affect absorption. So I would say with a meal, it becomes more complicated because there's so many more different interactions that could happen. And I would say using just a a simple oil just to test out does oil content maybe of a meal or does just oil in general enhance absorption, it's more streamlined to do it with an oil rather than eating a meal. Like eating a piece of salmon is going to be much different than taking a capsule of fish oil that gives you the same amount of omega-3 as a piece of salmon. But in the salmon, there's going to be some interesting bioactive compounds, maybe some proteins and sugars and things like that. So potentially even more interactions that might not have uh, a strictly beneficial effect but might just kind of complicate the process perhaps or or maybe it's positive like if we think about for example milk um there's a lot of proteins in there and i've read some research that certain um, bioactive compounds can bind to those proteins in milk and then kind of get micro encapsulated in these whey proteins and when that happens they absorb better so and this is maybe why KSM 66 decides to use milk in their extraction process, but I haven't been able to completely confirm this. But maybe they're working with that. But that also means that within taking supplements and eating food with it, certain foods might be able to enhance absorption. 
for example, those phospholipids we were talking about earlier that help as emulsifiers and might help with absorption. Egg yolks are full of them. So if you ate uh, a breakfast with lots of eggs, then yeah, maybe things will absorb better. Maybe if you just ate some scrambled eggs for breakfast with some MCT oil over it and you ate that, maybe you would have insane absorption. It would actually be something interesting to try out. Awesome. And now our very last question, our follow-up question from the optimizer is, which stacks or categories of supplements are best taken with fat slash food um, or meals? And are the absorption differences significant? Yeah, so I think at this point we've kind of exhausted this question because we've answered it through some different um, parts of the question already. So I think if I were to answer this part, it would just become a little bit redundant. But just keep in mind it's hard to know exactly how something will interact. You know, your stomach might be a little bit warmer one day and might churn a little bit harder, might have more acid in there, the pH is different, that can affect absorption. And then you throw food in there and maybe you ate something really spicy and that's causing some different uh, excretions of stomach acids or maybe the opposite. And how that interacts with supplement absorption is it's hard to predict, which is why my advice actually always is, if you can handle it, take it on an empty stomach, because that's the most controlled, variable-free way of taking things. And everything pretty much absorbs well on an empty stomach, and usually it absorbs faster. So if you can handle it, just try it on an empty stomach, maybe try and add something simple like the MCT oil you're mentioning, and then see if that enhances absorption or if it doesn't do anything and it's just easier to take it on an empty stomach. That's a really great way to conclude this month's episode of In Search of Insight. So thanks so much to all of you for your insightful questions and for participating in that question and answer thread that we have going on Reddit. Yeah, always very interesting and I, I like the places it can take us. Absolutely. You ask us questions that we wouldn't think of ourselves, and we really love interacting with you on Reddit, and we love reading your questions and answering them on the In Search of Insight podcast. So if you want to have your question featured in a future episode, uh, join us on our subreddit, that's r slash Depot, and keep your eye out for our our podcast Q&A thread that we post uh, two weeks before the release date of the podcast so you can ask your question and perhaps have it featured on a future episode. To conclude, thank you so much for listening and for your participation in In Search of Insight. You can listen to this podcast on a variety of streaming platforms, and we are now available to listen on Audible as well. Um, another handy feature that you might notice if you're listening on YouTube is that there are chapters for our podcast. You can scroll along the play bar of the video and see uh, what categories and subjects we talk about. And if you wanted to go back to a really interesting section, you could just hop back or you could also hop ahead and get the exact information you need. Yeah, uh, these podcasts can get pretty long. And if you don't want to listen to everything we have to say, I we totally understand. respect that because <laughs> it is quite a bit. But use that functionality on YouTube to kind of get to the things that you want to know specifically about because we Erica does a great job of 
splitting this up and they're very accurate. And we try to make them as, as user-friendly as possible. So if you ever have suggestions for different segments, um, different information that you'd like to hear in our podcast um, or different functions that would be really helpful to you for understanding the information we're providing, uh, please let us know on Reddit or leave us a comment on YouTube. Uh, another thing to mention is we have transcripts available for all of our podcasts, and those are going to be available to read uh, on the landing page for our podcast on our website. That's nootropicsdepot.com slash podcast. So to conclude this really nice, long, super informative episode, we just wanted to say thank you and good luck in your stacking adventures and your stacking research and keep asking us questions, keep asking yourselves questions, and we're excited to be releasing more podcast episodes on topics that you're interested in, releasing more snacks, and continuing to push the boundaries with Nootropics Depot and with Natrium Health in these really interesting and exciting ways. So at long last, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. See you next time.